Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 186. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with security news writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Thanks, Rob. Good to be good to be back uh, podcasting with you for the for the first time in what couple months now? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while, but we have uh, we have a lot to talk about because we're doing a recap of RSA Conference 2022. That was last week. Alex, you were there. I was not. Mm-hmm. You made the trip, <laughs> the expensive trip to San Francisco uh, to cover the event. Uh, after a couple of years, you and I were both at um, RSA Conference 2020. Mm-hmm. Remember the good old days, Alex? Well, okay, I wanted to touch on this too because there's a very weird. I mean, everyone has the COVID was weird, so everyone sure. has their own is was whatever. So everyone has their own sort of weird story about it. But specific to me and Tech Target. It was weird going to uh, RSA 2020. I had been on the cybersecurity beat for, I don't know, four or five months at that point. And then the world stopped, worked from home for two years, sort of getting back to a normal pace, going back to RSA. And it has a very like Thanos snap feeling to it (laughs) where the last... The last time I went to an event, I was on the beat for half a year, and now I've been on the beat for two and a half years. Yep. And it's like, it feels like no time has passed and a million years have passed. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Yep. It's, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's good. We are slowly getting back to, or closer to normal. Uh, I believe the attendance, the official attendance for RSA was somewhere between 25 and maybe 28,000. I have to go back and check the numbers. I've seen two different um, estimates for uh, official or semi-official attendance. Um, so the it was mostly a live event. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were virtual passes. I covered it virtually from afar because you know I figured you guys, the reporters, would be better served going than than me and uh the virtual event we could we could talk about the quality of uh, uh of that later on but i wanted to get your impression of being back at a major event being back at rsa after so long and what it was like um uh, but and then we we'll get into sort of the highlights and and how the content was and what the crowds were like and how people were doing and that sort of thing yeah, so thankfully, um, because I, I do some some like amateur game journalism on the side, I went to uh, another sort of tens of thousands people event, PAX East, a couple yeah. of months ago in Boston, and I think that got a lot, a lot of the uh, awkwardness, haven't talked to people for two years energy <laughs> out of me, like sort of like reacclimating, rewarming up, because right. like it's, I, I consider myself a social guy, but after two years of not going in events and like, uh, seeing that many people, there's a certain whiplash to it. Right. Um, and, and an RSA, even if there was 25% less people or whatever, it was a lot of people. Like it felt like the RSA in 2020, as far as I was concerned, mm-hmm. outside of some people with masks on. Um, and I was glad to have an event before because I could sort of warm up and have a semi-normal RSA even given the circumstances we found ourselves in. And by yep. normal RSA, um, I'm not talking about like the very thankfully strict vaccine requirements 
that everyone needed to get in or the presence of masks. But what was normal was giant, like promotions, heavy swag, heavy show floor that extended as far as the eye can see. And then some uh, sessions that had a mix of private sector people, public sector people, some of it meaningful, a lot of it not, some of it promotional, some of it not, uh, some of it goofy, some of it not. Like it was, and then the best RSA, like from my perspective, which was the case this time and in 2020, was all the stuff that was happening uh, behind the scenes. It was the uh, interviews with folks from various vendors uh, behind mm-hmm. closed doors where I could get some face-to-face time, including with some people that I've only met on Zoom calls. Yep. Um, and then it was sort of seeing sessions, uh, seeing sort of some people with MSPs sort of asking questions relevant to them at like sort of, uh, I think the ransomware task force session may have had something like that. Like it was, it was like, my RSA was the stuff happening uh, in the margins, uh, mm. which is very indicative of the one in 2020. And I think I think that's fine. And and I like that. Uh, even though the 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 sort of the masking wasn't as uh, wasn't mandated as I would have preferred, um, and despite like the the vaccine requirements, which were which were appreciated, it did feel like a normal RSA overall. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I guess that's a positive, uh, you know, to the point about slowly getting back to normal. Yeah. Um, I guess what was the, what do you think? I mean, I know what the sessions that were uh, uh, on the agenda and what was delivered and, uh, some of the topics that were covered and what the themes or, or sort of the, the marketed themes and sort of the unofficial themes of the show were from my perspective, but, you know, was there, was there any sort of buzz or discussion or a topic of conversation there or theme that people were, I guess, uh, cluing in on? Um, I'm a little biased in the sense that like, uh, well, no, I'm a little biased in the sense that like, I can only see a thin margin of the show and as media, I'm interested in like being on like, uh, certain parts of this beat, like more often than not, uh, I have like certain things I'm looking for. So my visibility is skewed. So at this RSA, I was very interested in all the government people that were coming uh, to attendance. And the thing I was most um, interested in was, hey, CISA, the government, a bunch of vendors in the last couple of years have been talking about one education uh, and two sort of collaboration between the private and public sector. And that was those were the questions I was asking about. And then all the sessions I went to, um, I couldn't control uh, what the sort of subject of the panels were, but everyone was bringing that up. Collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. Ransomware Task Force was saying they had made a bunch of progress in the past year with uh, thanks to um, sort of ongoing discussions and work between the private and public sector. Um, all the government people are saying, Hey, we need to do this together because there are things the vendors see that we don't, I I think Easterly, um, 
during the big government panel, which had like, uh, I think Chris Ingalls was on that one yep. and, and some other people. She, she said like, Hey, it was Mandiant who, who discovered solar winds, right? It wasn't us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I thought that was the stuff I thought was most interesting is, is seeing like some of the fruits of that labor in like 2020, 2021 seeming to pay off somewhat. Um, but the, the actual advertised, uh, theme of RSA adjusting to ongoing transformation. Like I understand that they're trying to say transitioning out of COVID into something that resembles new normal, normal, yep. whatever you want to say, but I didn't see any of that in any mm -hmm. of the parts of RSA I saw. Mm -hmm. And you, as someone who had to deal with the sort of uh, offline side, and you, and you saw Twitter, you saw social yep. media, you saw the sessions you saw, did did you see more of that? Or were you seeing different themes? No, no. Um, you know, I, I know the, the, the transformation theme. I, I get why that was sort of being promoted, and I get what they're trying to... Um, what they're trying to focus on. Obviously there's been a huge transition over the last couple of years with a lot of enterprises moving to remote workforces and having to secure those remote workforces. Um, but I, I don't, I, I get the sense that that's not necessarily the transformation that they're, um, or, or only the transformation that, that RSA and a lot of speakers were trying to sort of um, discuss. It was a lot of, um, you know, digital transformation and um, moving to, you know, advanced extended uh, detection and respond, you know, XDR technology and zero trust. And that's fine. That That's, you know, I, I get, I mean, one of the better sessions I think that was at the show was the uh, session, it was Microsoft sort of detailing their, um, their zero trust uh, uh, project that I think took about three years and just, you know, some of the challenges and um, um, obstacles that they ran into. I thought that was a really good session. Uh, I believe Ariel, Ariel Waldman, our colleague wrote that one. Um, and just about how, you know, it, it, you had to sort of sell zero trust and all these authentication and process changes to employees and how to do it effectively without losing people. And, frustrated to the point where they're not going to buy in. And if they don't buy in, you're kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. um, that seems obvious, but, you know, hearing it from a major company like Microsoft that obviously has a ton of employees, ton of infrastructure, ton of moving parts, um, pretty good talk. Uh, the thing that stood out to me, like you was, um, like you had said, and the, the, the thing that I think for the most part was the big topic of conversation was a lot of the... Um, the input from various government officials, whether it was Jen Easterly, whether it was Ingalls or um, Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, or Rob Joyce, the um, director of cybersecurity at the NSA, or, or you know, I mean, pick your, pick your person. There were a lot of government officials there talking about a variety of topics, the biggest of which I think were, like you said, working together to try to respond to not just the ransomware threat, but just cyber threats in general and how to do it effectively with the private sector. But then there was also sort of stuff around the edges, you know, whether it was Joyce talking about 
Ukraine and Russia's invasion and the sanctions or, you know, the cryptocurrency side of the equation here for cybercrime and ransomware in particular. Uh, there was a lot of enlightening uh, stuff there, even though these are government officials and they're probably not prone to sharing a lot of detail. There's some good insight into what they're thinking and how they want to respond, even if some of the stuff I think private sector folks disagreed with. I, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't believe or, or that, that flat out contest the idea that um, ransomware activity has has decreased in the U.S. the last few months. I think mm-hmm. the reporting has dropped off, as we've pointed out with our monthly ransomware roundups. But it doesn't it doesn't seem like everyone has bought into that that there's that they still believe there's a lot of ransomware or or are observing a lot of ransomware activity that just has not been disclosed or properly reported. And yep, you know, touch on. Um... That later. And then there were there were there's actually one thing I wanted to touch on that I did see a lot of, and one thing I wanted to touch on that I didn't see a lot of. Both sort of jumping off what you were saying. The first was um, access was like a big sort of topic of conversation this mm. year, um, even more than I guess I noticed two years ago. Which of course it is like access is is everything when it comes to security, but it it, it almost feels like, and I didn't necessarily. This is more my guess than it is. Uh, something I was told or heard, but I'm guessing is everyone's gotten more remote um, and RDP attacks have been like more of a topic of discussion. I think that's why zero trust and access are like particularly big themes this year, although it's it's kind of hard to say. Um, but I, I I did notice that that was like I was hearing a lot, a lot of zero trust, zero trust, access, security, access, security, zero trust, zero trust. Um, and then the other one was, I was shocked that I saw as little crypto and NFT uh, mm. crap as I <laughs> as I as I expected to, and and and, and, I'm, and like I don't know, like I don't know enough about crypto to say like it's all crap, but like the crappy, goofy sleazy scammy aspects and like hey we're launching nfts for rsa like i didn't i'm not saying none of that stuff happened but i am saying that like on the show floor it was like normal swag and uh normal sort sorts of that sort of promotional stuff and like the i didn't see a ton of like corny crypto evangelizing like at all and in the show which i thought was like oh it's it's we may be on the other side of of that uh that phase at least in a marketing sense yeah probably not great timing for it too given the 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 i don't want to call it a crash because i don't think i don't think it's a crash we can say a dip we some have crashed but overall cryptocurrency has has taken a hit uh recently in terms of 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 value reduction but you know who knows if that will last um yeah that that is noteworthy um another thing i thought stood out to me i think at least in the first couple days of the show it's a fair amount of sessions and talk about cyber insurance even at sessions that were not directly uh, about cyber insurance Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting just because the market has shifted a lot and there are concerns about, you know, now that the prices are going up, the, the cost of a good policy, the premiums are going up, cyber attacks are way too expensive. The cyber insurance, this has been written about a lot, but the 
the insurance, cyber insurance market can't sort of sustain this. Um, I forget which session it was, but they talked about the loss ratio and you want to be around 50%. You don't want like, you know, 60 or 70% of your, of every dollar that you get in claims going out um, the door or, or every, you know, 50 or 60% of every dollar that you get in a policy to be going out the door in a claim um, to reimburse the customer because then that only leaves you with about 30% profitability. And this person had said, well, it's now it's around 80%. Like 80% is truly, truly bad. I, I probably talked about this before. I know a little bit about the insurance side here and not a lot, I'm by no means an expert, but 80% is just, that is, that is really terrible. Um, so just seeing like a number of people talk about how the market has, is undergoing some major shifts and growing pains. And there, it takes a lot more to get a good policy. There's more underwriting, there's more risk assessment reviews to figure out, you know, if a prospective customer has, you know, is just riddled with security weaknesses and vulnerabilities. I think all of that's a good thing. Yeah. But it's not as easy to get a policy, um, an affordable policy now. And that's, that's tough. So. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the growing pains is, is I think a, a good, a good word for it. But I, I think it's like, it was kind of heartening. Cause I, I asked and saw and heard like about some of this stuff, like at, at RSA where it's like the story isn't exactly as much companies are able to just see cyber insurance as the only thing they need to do to yeah. to be protected against ransomware attacks. And that like cyber insurance are, are uh, folks are setting the pace and like uh, demanding like a minimum standard of security, at least more than they were yep. before. Yeah. And I think like that's heartening, but you're right that like affordable cyber insurance policies are uh, th that sort of creates additional problems where if a company like does have pretty good security, but couldn't really afford cyber insurance, then do we really want like these little companies to get devastated too? Like, it, like it's that there, there are pros and cons, but I'm like, I'm, I'm somewhat heartened by the trends we're seeing in the, uh, cyber insurance companies starting to make specific standards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other sort of themes that that stood out to you, like topics or? No, um, just I, I'm going to have a feature coming out in the next couple of weeks that was just like basically uh, the current state of ransomware. Yeah. Um, not too much. One thing I, I'm kind of interested in sort of like following like in the next like year or so is... Um, ICSOT is, I think, a really interesting space um, because, as I was talking about, like, uh, CISA and the private sector have done a really good job at, like, starting conversations and discussions and collaborations between the various sectors uh, sort of to make better security posture and protect against ransomware and inform yep. ransomware and patching and yada 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 um 
And it's not that ICSOT is necessarily getting fully left behind, but there's a very visible lag, I think, in in like an IT centricity to a lot of the education that's getting put out and and not a ton of it's meeting folks where they're at. At least that's my impression as just a reporter, not someone who's in those fields. And I did have one conversation with a ICSOT security person and I got a little bit out of that, mm. but like longer term, that's something I'm going to be very interested in is that is that sort of lag effect of ICSOT versus IT. Yeah, I, I think sort of um, not just the response, you know, the government response to ransomware, but also, you know, emerging areas like OT, ICS and, and just IOT. IOT. And then just and just you know how we're adapting to the different extortion tactics that we're seeing. I mean, just this week, Black Hat or Alf Alv, I don't know how people are pronouncing that. You know, now they they just launched a website that's like, you know, uh, almost like a "Have I Been Pwned" uh, type service where they allow uh, individuals to check to see if their um, you know if their employer or their an or you know an organization that they um, use has been hit by ransomware allows them to check to see if their email or personal data has been compromised. Pretty wild. Um, they're definitely uh, changing up how they do cyber extortion, mm-hmm. double, triple extortion, DDoS attacks, all that other stuff. So definitely be interesting to see how um, that evolves. You know, there was a lot of talk at the, uh, about that at, at the show and just what the response is going to be. But um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what, um, you know, if, if the threat landscape for ransomware broadens considerably and they start writing, you know, specific ransomware um, exploits for God, uh, OT and ICS, uh, that is, it's going to make Colonial Pipeline look like, uh, you know, a walk in the park because, you know, those were IT systems. Those weren't the actual operational technology systems. And those things, they're very big, they're very expensive, and they're hard to replace. And if those things get wiped, you're not talking about like removing a bunch of workstations and laptops and ordering a bunch of new ones from Dell. I mean, that's, you know, in some cases, those, those, the ICS equipment in particular, super expensive and you mm-hmm. can't just like update it, you know, uh, it, it doesn't like a lot of those systems, especially the older systems don't work like that. Uh, the, uh, the example I got was like, if you need to shut down a burner to update it, like, or something, yeah. Yeah. uh, that could mean four days of productivity loss. Like it's, yeah, there are great. major consequences that it's not like you you own Windows 11, you own a PC with Windows 11, and just the updating happens for you, or you have yep. to click a button. Like it's it's way more complicated than that. Um, and that's and that's just like surface level. Like I'm not even one of the people who has to deal with that. So yeah. I can only. It's probably even more complicated than I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But um, any closing thoughts? I guess on the overall general quality of the show, you feel like it was worth going feel like it was you know held up its end for the most part 
Well, as long as in and outs in the Fisherman's Wharf, it'll always be worth going to. <laughs> I did want to go to in and out man. Uh, it, it was still so busy. It was still so busy. Like, that hasn't changed. Um, but uh, RSA, it was, a, it was surprisingly normal. I had fun, like, covering the events, talking to people. Like, it was, yep. it was nice to be back out. Um, yep. I'm guessing it'll be swamped next year if there's no, yeah. uh, if there's no COVID-20 that hits. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. It was, it was good. I, I was, it was glad to be back out. Uh, I think the government presence made RSA more interesting than normal based yeah. on my impressions. And I, I hope it's even better in 2023. Yeah. I, I, hopefully I think that this was a pretty good show. All things considered. The one thing I will say is I, I still think RSA suffers a little bit from from like session bloat and to a like probably maybe to a lesser degree also sort of they still have this thing where they some of the sessions are they oversell and they under deliver and you know there's some of the more um you know for lack of a better term uh sexy uh title sessions or session titles i should say yes um did not really deliver and I think it's a problem and I don't want to point fingers and I'm sure people that watched or attended the show will know which ones I'm talking about. But like one of your speakers gets up and within the first five minutes says, the title of my session is misleading. I'm not really going to talk about X. Like, that's not great. And I no. think in general, yeah, go ahead. And then and, and there's, there's a lot of more subtle versions of that too yes. where you'll go like, New For insights sure. into this uh, attack that everyone knows about from 2016, 2017, yeah. 2018. And then you get up and it's like three people who are like kind of relevant. Uh, at least one of them may be really relevant. No charisma. Half of it's dedicated to like, and we need to focus on transformation between the various aspects of the dynamic of and like it's a lot of that and it's it's the actual sessions that i've seen that make mm. promises and then fully deliver yeah god like maybe one this whole show maybe two yeah like the ransomware task force one was great i like yep. the government one kind of but yep it's like i'm i'm more let down than i'm not let down by the yeah. quality of sessions yeah i i think in general like we're gonna we're getting closer and closer to to better um government input and and feedback and and information mm -hmm. you know i think it's moving in the right direction but you're right a lot of the even some of the better sessions they they just sort of stop short of really going where you want them to go um but yeah, I, I just, it's, like I said, it's never a good sign when you, you play up a session and then you, 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 you know, you sort of acknowledge publicly that you're not really going to deliver. Mm -hmm. And I think it speaks to a larger issue. And I've talked about this many times with just sort of private sector transparency and disclosure when it comes to cyber attacks and just cyber security and what we can talk about and what, what we're willing to talk about. And overhyping. And, is, is and so overhyping like, too. Yep. Yep. Um, 
And I, I, it's not just exclusive to RSA, but I think it happens more because it's more of a corporate friendly show than say even Black Hat, which, you know, now pe people, like a lot of people say that Black Hat is, is kind of becoming what RSA was a few years ago. And, um, you know, we'll see, but I think this was a good show, all things considered from my perspective. I just wish that they, it was a better virtual experience. It wasn't, wasn't great. They should I, I would even live. outright call it uh, bad. Yeah, they, they should stream stuff live and they should get stuff up online quicker. That's those are you know, those are my notes for, for RSA. I'm sure they're you know yeah. very curious about my opinions and what I have to say. But there you have it. Yep. So well, Alex, I appreciate the time. I'm glad you got to the show. Uh I assume you're feeling okay. You haven't you haven't been like, Man, I got a sore throat and a cough. Must be allergies. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, I I did have that like that thing I've had like 18 million times since 2020 where I'm like, what if I have COVID and then I get a scratchy throat and then I feel nervous and anxious. But then like the next day it's like, no, I was just anxious about the yeah. idea of having, COVID. Yeah. I had one of those. I had one there of those. Go. There you go. Well, I'm glad you're, you're back and you're healthy. Yes. Look yes, forward sir. to reading your, your future stories and, and, and coverage of various issues and uh, stuff that you learned at RSA. So uh, and going to Vegas it. in a month and a half. Yeah, there we go. Yep. That'll be a good time. Yep. A Thanks, Rob. in the desert. 120 <laughs> degrees. Get ready. Yep. All right. Thanks, Alex. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.